seven and seven football team we went one and six and, and my special guest he, he came on the show after we beat the washington commanders he then came on i think after we beat the smug green bay packers now he's back on after a big win in the big apple i gotta say it again we're one and six the last seven, we're six and one to make the Detroit Lions seven and seven. And I've got the one and only Logan Lamrandier from Sports Illustrated. He said he's ready to talk ball. I got lots to get into. It's going to be a great show. Logan, how you doing, man? Doing great. I know it's it's always nice hopping on these shows after after wins, and especially where they're sitting right now. It's it's a lot of fun. I can't say. You know, after we started one and six, I had completely written off even the possibility of playoffs. So uh, to be 500 after the 15th week of the NFL season, that's crazy to me. And it's it's been a lot of fun and definitely needed it. It's been a long time since you kind of had that, you know, hope in December and not already looking forward to the draft. Oh, it's incredible, man. I know last time you were on, we're kind of like, man, you're coming on after a win. We got to have you every week. And then we had you, you know, on a normal schedule. We won again. And here you are. We've won again. And in between you coming on, we've won games. So um, it's just been been really fun. Uh, we have no agenda really for this pod. Not that we normally have some big detailed bore you to death laid out thing. We just sort of have a couple bullets here and there and talk ball and try to make you guys laugh when we can. So, Logan, I don't know if this will make you laugh, but I did say I had some new sound bits here on the show and normally i wouldn't put this guy on but he gave me two gems so i think you'll agree with both of these here listen to this first sound bit real quick this got to be a staple to the show now ben johnson you are my hero <laughs> we got that one and then the one that i think we can all agree because we all got love for a certain guy that's calling plays for the detroit lions ben johnson i love you <laughs> i think i'm gonna have to play those more because we're loving this guy more and more wouldn't you say Oh, yeah. He's uh, I, just what the offense has been able to do. Yes, against the Jets, not the best example of a high offensive output, but you have to give a lot of credit to the Jets defense. They're, they're a really good defense. and uh, But Ben Johnson just coming through in the clutch with the, the play for the Lions to get the touchdown. I'm sure we'll dive into it more, but 
that was just um, a, a great call. And just uh, yeah, Ben Johnson, I think <laughs> everything that was said is, is well-deserved about him. And you just hope he's not doing too much. I, I guarantee he'll have head coaching interviews, but I just really hope they can keep him for at least another year and, you know, pray that he doesn't go anywhere and we have him for next year when we have more draft talent and you know, some free agent capital to spend. And yeah, he, he's been great. There's yeah, can't, to, can't say really anything else about it. I hate to fight you right off top of the show, but like, I, I don't think he's going to get uh, people totally clamoring. I think everyone's going to chalk this up as a breakout performance by him. Yes. He looks the part what the NFL goes for these days. Yes. He's, you know, a boy genius type, but I, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he'll be right here. And, and I just want him to keep dialing up those beauties every week, especially late in the game, fourth down. So I can say this. Ben Johnson, you are my hero. Ben Johnson, I love you. <laughs> because <laughs> I think I'm going to be using that not only this season, but next season, and then we'll see where it goes from there. So, Logan, uh, l- l- let's just get into it, man. Let's just uh, see what's going on. So you always bring the knowledge. You always uh, got great articles going up at uh, Sports Illustrated, all lines, you know, doing some different uh, radio hits and whatnot. But I guess my big question to you as we just get this thing rolling is uh, – what's what's the biggest factor for this crazy turnaround in your eyes like what's the thing that just made it totally flip and has the Detroit Lions as the most exciting you know team in the National Football League the absolute you know favorite of people across the globe right now I think it's it's two things um the younger players are really starting to step up and they're growing every week and you have guys like Aiden Hutchinson, Malcolm Rodriguez, Kirby, Kirby Joseph, um, you know, James Houston, you just have all these younger players on defense who are really stepping up and making plays. And I think there was just a learning curve there where you know, any rookie needs and the defense, I feel like is what's made the biggest change. And I don't, it's hard to say that it's not <laughs> once they fired Aubrey Pleasant, there seemed to be, a turnaround in the secondary and they struggled a little bit. I wouldn't say it was their best game against the jets, but uh, for the most part, I just, I think the defense has really come along and that's a a lot of younger players stepping up. And then on offense uh, it's well, and on defense too, I think the lions are getting healthy. Uh, They had all these players who started the year on injured reserve or were dealing with injuries in the middle of the season. And right now they're a pretty healthy team. There's not, any major player who is is injured or you're just waiting for comeback, Deshaun Elliott, we'll see what will happen with him. It doesn't sound like he'll be able to go this week, but uh, the offensive line outside of Hal Vitae, who you weren't really planning on having all year anyways, and Evan Brown has been solid. Their offensive line's healthy. All the receivers, they actually have all the receivers, and they seem pretty healthy, and Jamison Williams is still coming along, and they're bringing him along slowly, which is which is fine. Other receivers have been doing great so you just look and you know fingers crossed that they can remain healthy because I think that's a big difference too because the offense was clicking at the beginning of the year and then they started dealing with injuries and they had their little lull and struggles now that they're healthy again the offense appears to be back where it was I I do think it's developmental uh, development of younger players which is a very young team I think they're building confidence and you you couple that with the health of the team and you're just looking at a really (laughs) It's kind of it's I feel like the Lions are reaching their full potential of what we thought they could be, 
but you don't always reach the full potential um, when you have such a young team. It, it sometimes it takes a year, two years, maybe even three years, but they just turn it around quick. Logan, as you often do, man, I think you hit it right on the head. Now, people that have been listening to the show for a long time uh, recognize this soundbite. I usually used to play it, you know, when people would say the same thing over and over again that made me laugh. Or maybe they go to a same take that we all hear that either makes me laugh or annoys me to death. I now use it when people say things that I agree with <laughs> or that make me laugh. <laughs> and uh, I was trying to get to it when you were rumbling through those rookies because, gosh, we could just hit it multiple times with all those rookies you named off and you hit on it perfectly when have our detroit lions been this healthy late in the season mid-season you know that that's like what there's two things i've said you hate to say things over and over again on the show because i don't know you might get this but like i continue to say you gotta win the turnover battle And that's what wins games, yeah. and it does. You got to be healthy. It's a game of attrition. And that's what's going on with the Lions. Turnovers, young cats, health. And let me ask you this. I, I, I got to tee this up for you. You didn't mention the quarterback. Now, I want to play a quick drop for you. If you hadn't heard, it's kind of sweeping the nation. Chops had the audacity to say this to me when we got in a golf argument on our way to Indy to watch the Michigan Wolverines win a Big Ten title. Listen to this. I don't want your Bula Bula support when it comes to Jared Goff. You don't get to join the <laughs> golf train. You're off, bro. You're off. <laughs> Explicatives are flying. He said, I can't join the golf train if you didn't hear him. You don't get to join the <laughs> golf train. You're off, bro. You're off. So my question to you, Logan, are you on the hashtag bleeping golf train because i i think i'm on i mean he's playing well he's not turning the football over he says everything right his teammates seem to enjoy his company i think that's another huge factor why this team's getting it done the quarterback is doing some good things no yeah that that definitely needs to be sad because golf hasn't turned the ball over in six weeks and when you're winning the turnover battle not making those typical mistakes that we've seen golf make in the past uh, it sets you up for success and that's what the lions have been. And I, I'm still with golf. I still think you could find a better quarterback, but it's no guarantee. And so I'm not saying I'm saying golf is the future quarterback of this team long-term, but I have no issues if they want to keep building talent around him and pa- maybe pass on a quarterback, even this draft, because I think we've seen what golf can be if he has the talent around him and he's, he can show that he's a good quarterback. I don't know. He's he's shown some flashes of elevating the team and really putting the team on his back. But I think the best quarterbacks are guys who, under pressure in big time situations, always come through. But you have to give Goff a ton of credit. He's he's been doing it for six weeks now, seven weeks. Really, he's looked really good, and uh, you can't discredit him for that. So I'm. I, I guess I can I say I have like one foot on the train, but I'm, I'm ready to bail <laughs> if things turn south. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one guy who's not ready to bail. <laughs> that that guy who comes in and talks him up every show. Hashtag choppy liking. <laughs> but uh, you know, I guess the things to me is just like again protecting the football, 
He's very accurate. I even had to give it up to Chops. Of course, he's he's berating me on text during games whenever he does well. And then when he misses Jameson Williams on a 50-yard touchdown, I write him. I get crickets back. I don't have the soundbiter. I'd play it, people. Um, I'm redoing the soundboard. So, like, he does great things, accurate, protect, uh, all the things we're talking about. But um, I just think the best thing, too, is he knows coverage. He's, he's a pretty much a young vet at this point. He's seen it all. You don't have to train him up. You don't have to go through any bumps and bruises. So you can add some big-time talent and, and him to play this level of football. Now, if he's playing like he was last year, I'd have him in a UPS package heading out um, before you knew it. But uh, the way he's playing now, definitely uh, willing to keep him around and uh, trying to get on this golf train. But uh, <laughs> I'm being blocked at the door uh, by, by certain folks. But I know a lot of people are all aboard on this golf train. So, Logan, let's do this, man. Let's talk uh, this Lions-Jets review. Again, we're not going to go blow by blow, but just kind of what we saw in this most recent game. Uh, I I just thought they had a great first drive until that final few plays where they just said we're going to run up the middle three, four times in a row. Um, But it feels like we've had lots of nice long drives this year, um, putting, like, you know, precision passing along with smash mouth running and creative play calling. And even the deep ball recently, I think has been there, which is nice. Um, I felt like that was a great return by Khalif Raymond for that touchdown that really got us going. I just mentioned the JMO deep ball that was missed underthrown. That was frustrating. You know who else is frustrating me, Logan? I'll throw it to you here. It seems to come up every time you come on the show. DeAndre Swift. You hate him. You know, we, we, we've, that's well established on the show, but I'm getting frustrated. He's got to be better. In a lot of areas, he's just kind of hit or miss. He barely plays. He's just kind of—he's really frustrating me out there. So go ahead and, and diss DeAndre Swift as you've been known to do, um, and, and talk about kind of what you saw in the first half of this ball game as it's kind of clunking along, and uh, we're trying to get this W in, in, in against the Jets here last last Sunday. <laughs> you know, I just—I tend to probably point out Swift's deficiencies more ah, than yes. most. It, as as you always like to say though, I, I apparently hate him. I I think he's an explosive back Here we and go. I want him to get twenty touches a game. But it has been driving me crazy. I don't know how many times he's been stopped short of the line to gain on when he's had holes or just has started to go east and west instead of north and south. When he can get the first down and it's just it seems like it's right there and then he goes sideways. And it's not like when he gets tackled, he always falls forward. He he goes down quick uh, if guys get their hands on him. And he always seems to be trying to make the big play. And that's the opposite of Jamal Williams. And I, I feel like Jamal Williams, may, he's slowed up a little bit lately. Uh, hasn't been, you know, not putting the big yardage output. But, uh, you know, as Swift is just, uh, that's that's who he is. And I'm fine with that. I'm fine with who he is. It's frustrating <laughs> at time, but you, you have to take the good with the bad and I'm fine with having those frustrating plays if he can make up for it in other ways. And I thought he had a lot of good runs uh, as well this game, but there's just those few times a game. I feel like where he's just not getting the yards that are there for him. And I don't understand, uh, you know, from a vision standpoint, it it seems so obvious sometimes he's just not hitting it, but I'll get off, you know, the whole, (laughs) the whole swift thing. Um, But, you know, overall, yeah, that, that first drive, it looked like the lions were, going to have one of those another explosive offensive games and then they kind of stalled out at the one and I really didn't mind going for it on fourth down because they they pinned them deep and I think a big reason why Khalif Raymond had that touchdown on the punt return is because the Jets were so backed up the defense did their job and the Jets had to do a max protect 
they only really had two gunners um, down the field when Raymond caught the ball and it wasn't a great punt. And again, you could probably say that was due to uh, man trying to get that punt off quickly because he couldn't take his normal drop and be as deep as he wanted to. And so once Raymond made those first two guys miss, there wasn't a lot of defense defenders trying to get him and the Lions did a great job blocking and Raymond did the rest. So that was, that was huge. But I think overall in this game, uh, you know, it was great to see. We, I feel like we got spoiled a little bit the, the last few weeks of the Lions just dominating games. And you know, there's going to be tough games in the NFL where everything's not going right. And there was a lot that didn't go right for the Lions, but the good teams find a way to win. You, you saw it with Kansas City versus the Texans. It took them to overtime uh, for, for the Chiefs to win. And I was that's what I was hoping the whole time with this Lions game. You knew there's going to be close games. Everything's not going to be flawless, and they're not going to dominate every team. And the Jets are a good team. And the Lions found a way to pull it out in the end. And that's what I was just really happy to see. In a weird way, even though they didn't play great, they still won. And they still found a way to win. And I think that's a culture thing. I think that's something that's really important for the young guys. Uh, I, I, your confidence, you can just tell, you know, it's, it's where it needs to be. So even though it was a tough win, it wasn't a pretty win, they still pulled it off. And that's, I mean, that's what it comes down to in the NFL. You're not going to blow teams out every week. It's just not possible. There's going to be tough games, and the Lions did it. So uh, I, I was happy with it. Exactly, man. I, I have my finger on the bell there while you're going through your DeAndre Swift. I thought you're going to give the Logan Scouter report how he can't run between the tackles. He's a spot player, blah blah, and that's kind of becoming true. Only he's even less than a spot player right now, and he really can't run between the tackles. And you know what killed me the most? Those screen grabs of the screen pass when the whole right side of the field was open. There wasn't a soul to be found, and Swifty, Shifty Swifty, uh, as he's been known here on the show, decides to cut it back left into four or five defenders. I mean, I, I can count. Yeah. Zero is a lot better than four or five. You might want to go where there's nobody there and run to the end zone. So that that was frustrating. But you, you didn't go into your whole diatribe, but you did kind of kill him again, which I expected. And it's warranted <laughs> right now because he's not playing well. The other things, you I mean, you went through it. I'm not going to rehash it, but I had to hear Dan freaking Campbell, my guy, everyone's favorite head coach, going to some big diatribe again today on the radio about how special teams are so important, man. They're a third of the game, man. And it's like, no, Dave Phipps pulled a couple rabbits out of his hat, which is great to see. I love this punt return. But other than that, I still think they're very marginal. But the Lions are getting the most out of those marginal plays. There's no doubt about that. Anything that can flip the field, these fakes, these dynamic returns that Leaf is getting is incredible. And Logan... We, we haven't even talked about the play yet. So, I mean, you know what it was. Uh, basically a wide open pass to Brock Wright. Um, you know, Brock, uh, this play was absolutely right by guess who? Unleash Hutch. Oh, wait. I'm ready to unleash <laughs> That's Hutch. not the one we want, even though Hutch was unleashed again. <clears throat> you know who called the Brock Wright play, right? Ben Johnson, you are my heroes. Ben Johnson, I love you. <laughs> They just looked right. St. Brown was double covered, came back left, threw it to Brock right. He made the right catch, the right speed, the right angles, and took it right to the house. That's W-R-I-G-H-T. Um, I absolutely loved everything about it. What a huge play call. 
what a play by this tight end and our tight ends that are coming into the fold, like won this football game with that play at the end. That was awesome. It was. And, you know, it's one of those deals where I'm sure the Jets weren't thinking. I think even DJ Reed said something about it after the game where it's not a play that they were really expecting. And to go to Brock Wright, a guy who dropped a pass uh, just a few plays earlier and the the first play of the drive and to come back. I mean, he was so wide open. And to watch the play, you, you saw exactly what happened because uh, everyone was going to the right. And it looked like Brock Wright was just kind of down blocking and did a delayed release. And once he released out there, there was nobody around him. And I, I'll give him like, – he looked decently fast and athletic uh, <laughs> once he was out in the open field too. Uh, you know, it's for how big he is, he was moving well. And um, just to put that confidence in him and for that play call, the, the perfect play call, and to get a touchdown, again, going back to it, the entire game, their offense is struggling against a good defense and to draw off that play on fourth and one punch it into the end zone. Like that's just, that's huge, you know? So uh, it's just something I feel like we haven't seen from the lions in the past where there was like a, a killer mentality or even that confidence. I'll bring confidence back in the fold where it's just, uh, it, it was, it was almost weird as you, you felt like the lions were going to be able to figure it out because they've, they've been doing it now for it's, it's not just that like a, um, you know, anomaly. This is they've been playing well for such a long time. I, I feel like this is who the Lions are now, and that's what gives me a lot of faith moving forward. Like, if I could just sum it up, you know, of of just what you said, what I added. I mean, I would just do it this way. Ben Johnson, you are my hero. Ben Johnson, I love you. <laughs> it, it was great. Um, speed by by Wright was incredible, and. Big play right when you needed it. They've done that multiple times to win games rather than lose games, which is what some people out there in the media want them to do, like they did 10, 20, two years ago. But um, hashtag brand new Lions. I mean, it's, it's out there. It's, it's it's getting some steam. So um, drink that in, everybody. Just give me that Kool-Aid. Another new drop. Oh, and that, that might be one of my new faves uh, right there. How you like that one, Logan? Just give me that Kool-Aid. Very fitting uh, for the podcast. <laughs> I, I even I even have audio of Ben Johnson looking at the Jets' defense after he called the play and after Brock Wright was wide open. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible exclusive audio here on the show. So, Logan, uh, we've had some fun here in the first segment, at least I have, with my soundboard and with my random uh, takes, and uh, you've brought it as normal. So I say we get our great sponsors in here. When we come back, I mean, I got some things I got to hit you with. We got to talk about this Panthers game. There's playoffs on the line, um, which, like you said, is incredible and great on so many levels. So um, we'll duck out of here for a second. You guys listen to our sponsors. We really appreciate you supporting them. We'll be right back here with Logan Lamarie and Deer talking all things Lions, everybody. We'll be right back. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix.
All right, everybody. This goes out to my fantasy football fans out there. Now, you probably heard about Reality Sports Online, the most powerful fantasy sports platform where owners can build and manage their fantasy team like a real NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? I mean, we're talking free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades. You can put franchise tags on guys. Uh, It's as close as you're going to get to being an NFL GM. But do you think it sounds complicated? It's not. I'm here to tell you it's the best thing about Reality Sports Online is it's just more fun than your normal fantasy league, but it doesn't take barely any more time. After all this, are you still not sure? I mean, come on now. You can test your general manager skills by going over to Reality Sports Online, call it RSO. Please go check out realitysportsonline.com right now. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, Kool-Aid drinkers, back from the break. I didn't even start out the show like I normally do. I didn't even fill up that glass, but I know you guys got to drink it in. You've been drinking it in all show. Drink it in, man. Side of cornbread. Cornbread. Make it a double. Cornbread. Just, normally, this is where I give my shout-outs and, uh, and whatnot, but I just want to say, man, there's just been some hilarious stuff going on in the Twitterverse. People, somebody sent a picture today of their kid just downing a big old uh, mug, and they said, oh, Drinking that Kool-Aid, tag me in it. You know, we got everybody on <laughs> sports radio talking about drinking that Lions Kool-Aid, side of cornbread, make it a double. I mean, the the early afternoon guys today did a whole bit on smug, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers from Green Bay. I wonder, I wonder where they got that from. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's just, it's just everywhere. Everything's going crazy. So I won't give a ton of shout-outs, but all the all the normal names are out there: Steve from Cali, C Mill from Wisco, Tommy Lyon from the NYC, Cornbread Jerry from North Kakalaki, Bo DeFrisco showing up big, Paul Jackson down there in Tampa. I mean, all the n- names you guys know, but the only name we really got to know right here is Logan Lamarandier for joining the show. We appreciate him. Go check out all of his content, whether it's on Twitter at L Lamarandier, Sports Illustrated All Lions. I mean, you could probably mix in a few promos about where you can find him on the radio here in the next week or so. He's probably got some of that going, but Logan, man. We we get we got more lines to talk here in the show before you get up out of here. You ready to do this? Always, man. <laughs> well, let's do it. And I thought maybe this would uh, entice you, maybe get you excited here on the pod. And that's talking about the NFL draft. <laughs> now, I want to ask you this, man. Everybody's scoreboard watching. The Rams got to lose. We need, you know, Denver slash Seattle, Chicago to win, all these teams. Is it paramount that the Lions get in the top three of this draft? Or are you, do you know, like I know, that Brad Holmes is going to find premier talent regardless of where the chips fall when it's all said and done? 
I, yeah, it's always nice to have a higher pick, but given what the Lions have done under Brad Holmes, just the late round guys he's found, I'm not all that worried, but it would be nice to have your pick of the litter with that with that Rams pick. It's a, it's a big game this week with uh, the Broncos and the Rams facing off because if the Rams were to win, it could uh, potentially drop them down you know, a few spots, and then if they were to lose, it projects them to be in the top three. So, you know, I'm all about having a higher pick, especially when you're not rooting against the Lions. It, it makes it really easy to, to root against the Rams. So I would love to have the highest pick possible. And, you know, there's there's plenty of good prospects, and so much can change from now into the draft on where they're going to be. But Really, as long as the Lions have a top seven pick, I, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that Brad Holmes will find a difference maker because there's there's a lot of really good players. Lots of good talent up and down the board. Logan, I got to put you on the spot as I normally do. All the Lions fans, the Kool-Aid drinkers out there, they love themselves some Jalen Carter from Georgia. Will Anderson was the big name and continues to be an absolute monster off the edge. If both those guys are available, who are you liking right now if you had to make the pick today? Oh, they're both, they both seem to be special players, but considering the need, um, you know, I'll, I'll give our defensive tackles credit. Both Bugs and McNeil have been solid, but in terms of a pass rushing presence and just a true disruptor, I think Jalen Carter would be huge. And I, I think the edge position where Will Anderson plays is probably more important, but we've been having some good production out of our younger edge guys. So uh, Jalen Carter... I know it's tough to take over an, an edge player like Anderson. I just think Carter could probably make a bigger impact along our defensive line than Anderson could. But I'm not going to complain about either guy. And they, they both look the part. And to have either of those players uh, on the Lions team after the Lions have a really strong season, uh, like that's I'll take that 100% of the time. Everybody that's been listening – for years and when logan comes on they know that's a 50 50 right down the fence type answer <laughs> i wouldn't expect anything less to me i mean i like jalen card when i put him on tape but uh, interior guys get all this love that they blow up everything and they're close to the quarterback heck man i'm trying to get that edge guy that can just blow around the edge sack fumbles you know that's more valuable to me and i'm also not writing off this quarterback um, you know, uh, being there and being the most valuable selection with this very fortunate position we find ourselves in the top. So I got to put you on the spot again. The people want to know. And the people consist of the millions. <laughs> Logan, C.J. Stroud, almost everybody has written him off. They don't want anything to do with him. If we're in that top four, top seven, whatever it may be, he's there. Considering him based on talent, or does he not have, well, for you, he probably has the talent, the physical gifts. For me and for others, we don't like his mentality. We don't like his toughness. We don't know if he loves football. <laughs> what say you? You know me. I just watched on field product and all the intangibles. I don't, I don't take too much into account because it's tough to speak on <laughs> when I'm not in the room talking to these guys or getting these, you know, talking to coaches and all that stuff. But I think Stroud, uh, you know, he looks the part, uh, you know, he's not the biggest scrambler or anything like that. Um, 
but I, I think he has what you look for, but is he, you know, how much better is his ceiling than Goff's? That's what I keep going back to now. I, I think it's, his ceiling is better than Goff, but I don't think it's a guarantee by any means either. So I, I wouldn't, I would totally understand if you're picking the top three or wherever you're picking and CJ Stroud or Bryce Young is there and it's too enticing to pass up. It's, it's tough to pass up on a quarterback, because especially with the, the Lions, which how they're um, trending right now into next year, it, they might not have a top draft pick again for a long time. And it's going to take a lot of draft capital to get back up and get their quarterback if the wheels were kind of fall off Goff after next year. So and, and even if, you know, Goff is around next year, I think he, he's going to be around next year. It's not the worst situation to have a younger quarterback come in and learn, but in terms of just, um, you know, the homework on Stroud and, and Young even, I still have a long ways to go. I just kind of, I've been watching games, but I haven't really, really dived deep into their play and how they do under pressure. And, you know, I, I always like to look at tight window throws. Um, and typically Ohio State, they have some pretty good receivers that are on their team and you don't see a lot of tight window throws. And, it, they they have a good offensive line and they can the quarterbacks at Ohio State can hold on the ball. I'm not trying to helmet scout here, but I do think it's something that we've seen at Ohio State where they're put in a really good situation to succeed, and it's sometimes tough to kind of pull that um, element out of their game and see how they do when you know they are put in tough situations and they do have to make you know a, a really good throw or have to read the field and they don't have someone running a four two that's running wide open or stuff like that so Stroud is I liked Stroud the best um probably going into the year and I, I still think I like him the best but um we'll kind of see how things play out when I start really doing my homework on these quarterbacks another maybe from Logan <laughs> no I I just want <laughs> I just want Lions fans to understand if those big defensive studs are gone and if the Lions have decided that they want a quarterback even if they're going to keep golf and even if they're they just feel the value is there don't write this kid off especially after before he goes through the process i'm not advocating for him for him i'm saying he could blow up the process he could be ultra talented and this regime could think we can't pass on that we can bring him along does he feel like a dan campbell grit guy right now no but um i'm i'm just keeping all options open at this point where most people have said that they, i won't take him you know even if he's there around two and it's like come on man you're, you're crazy so um you know the, we'll we'll table that for for a minute here but uh, i just want people to be open to the option of quarterback with that top pick because you're so lucky to have it from the rams and yes cj stroud is an option based on his arm talent the guy's like 21 years old and uh, the other things he can do for your franchise best player available that's what it needs to be yep that's how the lions have done this rebuild so far and it's it's worked and i think the lions need as much talent as they can so whatever position that may be and the quarterback is a very important position for even though they might not be um you know, relatively the best player available for the position or at you know per position it's definitely something that has to be considered and i i know there's not offensive tackle is probably one position that they could pass on but if if there is a great offensive tackle there that's kind of the outlier and they, the lions should have some trade-up offers if a team wants to go get them so 
I think you have to keep all options open and continue just adding talent no matter where it is uh, at this state. Yeah, it's glad you got that in there because it's smart, you know, just to be open to BPA, you know, understand. Uh, I guess it sounds like for you, I know there's some people out there will say, like, I'm not trading down regardless because I want this guy or that guy. It does always come down to value. Now, you did say something in there about, you know, it doesn't matter position. You take the you know, most talented, whatever. You kind of sum that up. That brings me to my next draft question. I know people love the draft. I know everyone's fired up about playoffs and, and our current team. But just a couple other quick ones. When you say any position, I, I mean, I'm curious. I, I've really started to write off running back and tight end, in my opinion. I know people have devalued them, and I've come on here. and It doesn't matter because of the salary slotting and this, that, and the other. But... The way the Lions are set up, I really do think that both those positions should be definitely be pushed down the draft board, find them in the mid to late rounds, develop guys rather than spend a premium resource on it. So would you agree with that, that we're kind of getting to that point where those two positions and even some other ones probably need to be a little bit devalued to continue building this team properly the way Brad Holmes and company have been? Yeah, and I agree with that. It's Even though they might be the best player available, at the same time you have to look at uh, just the position value and you can find, you know, it's the same reason why offensive guards, you know, rarely go in the top 10 or anything like that is because you can find decent players uh, at running back tight end interior lineman later in the draft. And we've seen it um, firsthand and obviously tight end. We've drafted <laughs> some pretty high that haven't yeah. worked out, but I don't. Yeah. They're just those positions where, you have to look at what you can get in the middle rounds and the talent drop off. is not that great. Whereas the elite of the elites at certain positions, you don't find those guys it's, or they're really tough to find in the middle rounds and running back with the lions offensive line. I feel like you could plug just about any running back in there that has some decent vision and burst and they're going to do all right. So I would devalue that running back position. And I guess it kind of goes against me saying, you know, best player available. But you have to, you do have to add some positional value into that best player available. And the big thing is contracts too. Um, if you're drafting a running back, the top five, they're going to be a top paid running back in the league. That decreases their value once again. The best part about having one of these top draft picks is you can get such a cheap discount on these, uh, you know, cornerstone type of positions like edge. You know, probably not offensive tackle for the Lions, but quarterback obviously as well. So. Uh, I, I agree with you there. I keep seeing people on Twitter. You guys can find me at Derek Oakery. You know how that's spelled. D-E-R-E-K-O-K-R-I-E. Let's take a running back in the second round. What? No. <laughs> Let's not do that. I mean, everybody, you got to understand that. We're not doing that. Please understand. Yeah, I understand. I got it in my head, dude. Good. That's that's what I wanted to hear. Um, Logan, l- l- let's get to this Panthers before we do that, one last draft question. Do you have a perfect – people know that I like when the draft gets closer, do combo meals. Give me this with that. Give me that as my main entree. Give me that as my side dish. Do you got a double – two names in a perfect scenario that are somewhat realistic that you'd be like, oh, if I get those two players with those two top 15 selections for the Lions, I mean, look out. Yeah, I would go with defensive line, so Jalen Carter – would be amazing to get at the top and then pair that with a 
with the cornerback, you know, at the Lions' next pick, if there's still one available. You like, like Porter, Porter, you like Ringo, or, uh, you like Cam Gonzalez. Smith, uh, Keely Ringo. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> do you like Porter, you like Ringo, you like Gonzalez? Who do you like? I think I like Porter. Again, going back to I haven't done a ton of draft homework and just been seeing these guys live and watching the highlights. Uh, you know, Porter just has that rare length that uh, it's really nice to have as a corner. And a lot of the top corners have, but I know Cam Smith, he's good size too. And, and, and Ringo, all three of those guys, they all, they all have it. But right now Porter seems to be my CB one, but uh, I, I really like evaluating DBs. Uh, I feel like it's for whatever reason, one of my, <laughs> my better positions that I, uh, when I break them down, I feel like I just understand it better. And um yeah, Porter's my guy right now, though. Logan Lamarandier evaluating DBs. He understands them. Yeah, I understand. I got it in my <laughs> head, dude. Logan Lamarandier wants Jalen Carter. <laughs> I'll put him down to his knees, buddy. They can't handle me. They ain't tough enough yet. <laughs> he wants to get tough there in the trenches. All right, Logan, I'm with you. That'd be great. You're forgetting about my guy, J-U-U-U-R-R-Y-Y-Y. Jury Jacobs is out there doing things. Mr. Okuda got roasted, toasted, extra crispy in that Jets game. But he's done some nice things. We got some other people, some other young cats. So corner is interesting. I don't know if it's top valuable, but I I like where you're going. So um, let's get into this Panthers real quick. I'm going to do these rapid fire I just want to give a couple quick shouts. JP1077, who I make fun of on the show, but he's a great Lions fan. He's in every picture I see on Twitter of Lions fans hanging out. JP, his name is John. Who knew? I'm calling him JP because that's his Twitter handle. His name's John. What a great Lions fan. Go to at GoBlueLexi117 if you want Michigan content before this big ball game against TCU and before we head out to SoFi for the big one of all big ones. And, hey, I got a little soundbite real quick for another guy on Twitter, and that's Arthur. Arthur, we've been arguing back and forth. We get after each other. It's all in good fun. This one's for you. Child, please. Uh, and Lion Up, they're all over Twitter too, liking our stuff, putting out good content. So shout out to the fellows over there at Lion Up. Go check them out. And Logan, the Lions are heading down to Charlotte, North Carolina. They're heading down there to play the Panthers, who have a good defense, who are still in the running somehow to win their division. They have five W's. The weather should be good, but I hear it's going to be like 20. I mean, we got playmakers on the offense. They got some dogs on defense. Break this one down. Lay it out for me. Yeah, I, the Panthers are kind of a, a fun team because they're, they're younger. I, I feel like they drafted a lot of players that I've liked in the past, <laughs> um, which, always, which always is fun. But uh, they're, they're a dangerous team. Um, that shouldn't be overlooked and they're still as you mentioned they're still fighting for their playoff life so they're not gonna be calling it quits anytime soon they're gonna be getting after it so uh, I, I feel like the Lions are the better team just based on you know the last seven weeks but uh, it, I don't I don't think it's gonna be an easy matchup by any means it's just I think a lot of it comes down to Sam Darnold and how he does and uh, you know the receiving core led by you know, DJ Moore, like uh, LaVisca Chenault, 
Um, they, you know, they have some weapons, but I think their defense, it's, they have some players on their defense. And um, I think the Lions offense, though, is the, the strength of the team. And uh, I think the offense, the defense of the Lions is doing enough where this offense can win them games. And that's how I think it's going to go. Just give me that Kool-Aid. Give me some more of that, Logan. I will do it. I'm going to give the people some Kool-Aid. And that's this. I see the Lions going down in this ball game and, and showing out on offense. I feel like we put up 30 quite a bit. I was tired of coming on this pod and hearing Chop say, oh, Goff's going to put up you know, 38 points and do all this, and then it would happen, and I'd get frustrated, yet I was happy for our team. I, I think this is one of those games. Oh, the Panthers, D. I feel like the Lions are going to go down there and just play great on both sides of the football. I don't even see this being close. I mean, I'm going to let you – do you want to throw out a score prediction? Because I kind of want you to go first before I hype up the people. I'll throw a score prediction. I'll go Lions 30, Panthers 21. There you go. Even Logan Lamrandier, who plays it quite conservative here on the show, is putting up a 30-burger on these guys. So <laughs> uh, here's something that that's not going to be in your game book. This isn't going to be on the Logan Lamrandier analytics board. Cornbread Jerry from North Carolina is going to be there with his family, with his kids. He's a huge Lions fan. He says he's going there to get a dub ski. So I, I already know it's a W because he's going to be there doing his thing. And to me, this just seems like a great matchup for the Lions. It's like they know they got to have it. Carolina thinks they can get it, but they're not going to get it. I just see the Lions going in there. Jared Goff having a great game. Our offensive skill players showing up. I've been calling it for a couple weeks, and of course he's let me down, but it won't happen this game. DeAndre Swizzle. DeAndre Swift. Shifty Swifty is going to put up a big stat line running, receiving. Probably find the end zone once, maybe twice. Logan, I got this game 31 for the Lions, 17 for Sam Darnold and those you know, shaky skill players at best over there for Carolina. Big win for the Lions. Another big road win. Coming home feeling real good with two left. One against Chicago. And then and then if all falls right, we're going to go to Green Bay. <laughs> and we're going to show Smug, number 12, what's going down that final game of the year to, to do our thing. So real exciting time for Lions fans, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, everybody out there, man. I'm fired up. Can't tell. Oh yeah, no, it's it's good times right now. I haven't had this feeling in December in a long time, and just the way the Lions are playing, it's it's a lot of fun, and it's great to be back in this spot. And you know, I don't I don't want to bring down the mood, but even if the Lions were to somehow miss out in the playoffs, like just the what the Lions have been doing, you're seeing so much progress, and it, looking towards the future, the the future is bright. But the playoffs, I'm trying not to be too disappointed if for some reason it doesn't happen, but I feel like it should. That's normally why I close the show, because you threw in a caveat that we don't want to talk about. Jared Goff doesn't want to talk about that T word. Uh, you know, we, we shouldn't be talking about the P word, but it's all positive here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Drink it in, everybody. Drink it in, man. Cornbread! Cornbread! And Logan, before I get us up out of here, we went a little bit longer. That seems to happen from time to time when me and you get talking football. Is there anything else you want to plug, you want to talk about, 
where people can find you. I'm hoping to get you back in another month or so. Who knows what might be happening with this football team. You know we're going to have to make time for draft shows when we really start digging in um, and getting our boards going and getting it all ready. So you got anything else before I uh, hype up the folks and get, get us out of here for the show? Not too much, you know. SIL Lions, everything Lions is there. You know, all news, opinions, a lot of just fun topics. Detroit Lions Lowdown on Facebook. Um, that page is always popping. And uh, yeah, social media, LM Randier um, for Twitter. And then Instagram, I haven't been on all that much lately. But, you know, I, I try to pay attention to social media and not as much as I used to, but it's trying to get back in the fold. And especially you can tell the Lions fans have been ready for a run like this because um just all the pages are just jumping right now and fans are engaged want to talk about the lion so it's a lot of fun everybody is super hyped this team is winning ball games we got playoff hopes we have good offense our defense is coming along we got this guy named hutch unleash Hutch. That's going to happen in Carolina. Everybody's going to be drinking that Kool-Aid. Drink it in, man. Bathing in the Kool-Aid. And it's just an exciting time to be a fan. So, everybody, I'll catch you next week right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. We're out. Oh, woo! Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Oh, baby! Drink it in, man.